0: Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after-work, happy hour conversation with your best friend. You up like, hello. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming Good Up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Beautiful people, and welcome back. I have a treat for you guys. So, after episode one, a lot of people either wanted me to do a part two um, to the episode or do an episode on fathers instead of or along with um, the episode that we did on mothers. So, today's episode is actually called The Things We Learn from Our Fathers. And I think it's very important that we talk about this subject along with talking about mothers in the beginning because you know, a lot of the same issues tend to come up with um, fathers and and with our relationships with our fathers, but also a lot of different issues tend to come up. So for this episode, I brought on a very close friend of mine who both of us have, have talked at length about our respective relationships with our fathers and I thought it was important as well to bring another male perspective onto the podcast so that you guys are hearing different voices and different viewpoints other than just mine. Even though I could talk for days, I really personally don't care if it's just me on here. But, you know, I I do with my what my audience wants me to do. Um, just to let you guys know, I am recording from my bedroom closet. You know, I, I spent my whole life in one and I figured I'd go right back in to record this episode. <laughs> So <laughs> with uh, you know, you know, not not to take any longer, let's go ahead and, and introduce or allow my guest to introduce himself.
1: Hello everyone. This is your favorite light skinned rockman, Ludence A. Romney Jr., joining the podcast.
0: I just want y'all to know that I gave him she the nickname. Definitely
1: gave me that. Tag. Your favorite light to... your
0: favorite light skin rockman. I had to do it. And this happened like Two minutes ago before we start recording. I
1: had to do it. It was perfect.
0: <laughs> okay, so um before we start recording, I just want you to know that you are now obligated after this to change your Twitter um name to your favorite light skin rockman. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the audience the audience needs it. The I audience need it. Need Everybody it. needs All it. All right. As soon as the
1: episode yeah. drop, that's when it gonna happen.
0: Yep. So they go, they they'll find you if you have your favorite light skin rockman as your name. Makes sense. All right. So today's episode, the things we learned from our fathers. You guys know I already dragged my mother. I figured I had to bring it around town and make things even and drag my father today. And, you know, he's an Aries, so I think he'll be fine. You know, we're used to being dragged and dragging others. It's It's just a part of life. So... Ludens, if you don't mind sharing with me, what is your current relationship with your father like, or what has that been, um, throughout your life?
1: It's pretty interesting. Um, first and foremost, my father probably would hate this because, uh, there's a running joke in the family that he's like Mr. CIA secret agent. He don't like nobody knowing anything about his life, even his own children, um, his own siblings. So... This would be funny if you ever found out, like, oh, by the way, I was on a podcast talking about you, but don't worry, not too much. Um, Other than that... Is uh, he
0: also a light-skinned rockman?
1: He's actually a light-skinned Tola man, and that's how he trap moms,
0: you know? Oh, Jesus Christ, Tola we attacking taller man today?
1: Light-skinned taller man, he is Should I be scared? He was a Q as well, um, or is a Q, mm. so he had the brand and everything, so, you know he's probably every stereotype you want to attribute to all of those, uh, basically qualities, you know? Um, but relationship-wise, uh, he's been in my life, you know? I mean, it's never been a moment where I didn't know who my father was. I mean, I named after him, so there would be no way for me to not know, but he's been there. It's just, a, uh, he's kind of more laid back, and that's his approach in a lot of things. So that's also been his approach in terms of interactions with me sometimes. So, you know, we close, but not as close as I would have liked growing up. And they kind of just transition into adulthood where you're used to a certain way of interacting with that individual. So you don't try to change it yourself or you just think he's the adult, he should change it. And then he on his end is like, okay, you the adult now, you could call me if you want to talk to me kind of thing. So it's this silly uh, tug of war where both sides feel they should be contacted and then don't contact each other like how they should, basically.
0: You know, it's funny. I actually spoke with Diamond the other day and Diamond for you guys who don't know or are just joining us or fell off the face of the planet sometime within the last six weeks she was the guest on my first episode and diamond called me the other day and spoke about this man that she met i want to say she was at a bar or somewhere and this guy was talking about just how he basically does the bare minimum for his child for his son he doesn't really call he doesn't um, like, hug him or, you know, go out of his way to say, like, I love you and things like that. And they was like, you know, why not? And they were questioning this guy, you know, like, why don't you do more? And he in his mind is basically like, if I'm doing like the financial stuff, or if I'm doing a bare minimum, like, I'm good, my son doesn't need more. Like, I'm still a good father. Like, that's all I have to do. Um, and she was like, I want you to bring that up in terms of like relationships with fathers, because that seems to be, and it's not just fathers. That seems to be the mentality of a lot of parents. Like I gave you what I needed to give you financially and I raised you and you were fed and you basically owe me a life for that. And I don't owe you anything else.
1: Yeah. It's it's a horrible misconception because... Even if your child doesn't tell you that they want more from you, they're going to want more from you because you're their parent at the end of the day. Like I picked up I guess that laid back aspect from him as well. So like if something like that is bothering me, I wouldn't just outwardly say it. But in retrospect, as I got older, I realized like if he had interacted with me more or if I was able to speak up about it, then maybe things could have been different, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he probably had the same mentality, um, especially since, you know, him and moms had divorced. So that relationship also created a dynamic where I, you know, she had custody of me. So, you know, he's paying the child support. So he's thinking, okay, I give the money. I see him every other weekend that's good enough but even when he used to see me every other weekend I would actually be dropped off to my cousins my grandmother house and that's how I got so close to my cousins and stuff like that I mean people who know me close enough know which cousins I talk about and know how close I am with them to the point where I call them siblings right like that was possible because he the time that I would be or supposed to be spending with him, I'm actually spending with them. So now I'm bonding with them, like how I'm supposed to bond with him. And now they're like my second, you know, set of brothers and sisters and my second mother and stuff like that. When it's like, that was taken away from me in a sense because my father didn't uh, initiate that contact where he could have, you know, where he could have just established a relationship between me and him. And then I'll just have one with me and my mother, you know?
0: Yeah. I I actually have a very similar um not current relationship, but past relationship with my father in terms of just my mom having custody because they split and you know, I I did spend, I will say, more time with my father before and after my parents got divorced than the three of my siblings did. Um because I was a bit of a daddy's girl like I would sleep over at his house and stuff like that, but For the most part, when I saw my father, it was while I was at my grandmother's house after school. Like my, you know, we would go there after school and we would spend a lot of time there with our cousins. And he would come see, you know, like my grandmother would come see us there and we would see him. Um, But a lot of it, I felt like after those first initial years when my parents got divorced and I did all those, you know, I slept over there all the time and hung out with him all the time there came a point to where it sort of felt like your mom has custody. I'm going to give her this little bit of money to help with y'all. But for the most part, you guys are her responsibility. responsibility." Right. And it's like, they kind of like,
1: like, yeah, you with me for this weekend, but for the most part, you just with me. Like I ain't going to be doing much. I just have you for the weekend everything else you know the emotional mental stuff that's that's your mother you know she has you for the rest of the week anything school related all of that stuff that's you deal with that kind of thing you know and it again like at the time I didn't realize it was an issue so yeah basically I was damn near only child you know my sister who's my mother's daughter was 11 years older than me or is 11 years older than me so By the time I was eight, she was done out the house. And then my brother, who's like nine years older than me, that's my father's son. So he never even was in the same house with me. So essentially everything that I was, was to myself, you know? So I I didn't know to express to anybody, not even my sister, to to my brother, to anybody like, hey, you know, I would like to be able to speak to my father more. Because in my head, that's just how it was and there was nothing questioning it i would just keep to myself play video games like i would just ask my father to buy me games and that's how i derived affection from him in a sense like oh i want this new pokemon game oh i want this new uh n64 i want this ps1 kind of thing and that was it so you know how would he have known to do more if nobody like me or anybody else is requesting that he do more you know
0: so, what's your brother's relationship like, wait, your dad? Is it similar to, like, the quarrels you have with him in terms of, like, feeling like he could have done more emotionally? Or does he have a different viewpoint? Or have y'all never talked about it?
1: I... My brother is a funny person. Like... <laughs> my brother is almost like my father. So... Talking to him about something like that and getting a straightforward answer is actually not easy because again, he's almost like a friggin' clone of my father. Um, according to my mother, I've heard situations where we were similar, like our, the way we were raised and how our father interacted with us was very similar. Um, but I've never heard it from his mouth, you know I mean? I've never had that conversation with him. He's very sarcastic and stuff. So even if I was to ask him if it bothered him, he'd probably make a joke about it and it wouldn't get anywhere. So I I honestly don't know how it has affected him. Um, I mean, he seems fine, but everybody seems fine if, you know, you don't talk to them. So I really don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I... My siblings are very open, um, with how they've felt about my father in the past and sometimes how they feel about him now. Um, a big part of my siblings issue with my father has been like financial, um, support and just more or less, I, I think my father has always emotionally been available, I don't have the same issues with my dad that I may have necessarily had like with my mom. Like my dad was always physically affectionate. My dad was always the type of one to be like, "You know I love you," right? Like you're you're my baby and this and that. At least for me, I don't know if he was as verbally affectionate or like that way with my sisters and my brother. Um, but I think the common issue with my father has always been his level of responsibility in our lives and feeling like my mother, for the most part, has had to do the financial, like, undertaking of raising four kids. Like, asking my father for money was, like, you going in knowing that you're getting a no, but it's kind of like, let me ask anyway, so I could see if I could get something out of this. Um, I remember one time, my freshman year in college, I didn't have enough money for books, and I asked my father if he could possibly borrow some, you know, if he could possibly lend me some money so that I could get books. And he told me he didn't have it. And then the next week I found out that my dad had went on a trip to Florida. And I remember being like, you know what? Fuck this man. Like I didn't, I honestly did not speak to my father for a couple of months because I felt like in that moment, it was like, really dude, like you were saving your, your coins so you could go on a trip, but I needed books. Like stuff like that, that's been where we've had, like, the majority of the issues, kind of like him just feeling like the divorce kind of freed him of a lot of the responsibility that my mother didn't get freed of.
1: Yeah, that is accurate, because honestly, I don't even think my father did anything financially for me in college, like, and this is somebody who's, what 28 now college wasn't that long ago if i really have to fight to remember if he provided anything financially i really don't think he did and i mean i didn't go to college expecting him to because there was evidence in the past where i could tell that when i go to college he wouldn't really do that you know and it's not that he wasn't able to i See, he had this thing of when you turn 18, use a man and use this and use that. You know, that typical thing, once you turn 18, you're on your own kind of thing. And it's like, that's a silly thought. Like, I don't have to be thrown out to the wolves. Like, yeah, I turn 18, but I just turned 18. I don't have nothing. And like, you guys set me up with anything where I could be on my own feet, you know. But uh, by the time I went to college, I washed the thought of really expecting any type of financial uh assistance from pops no offense to him if you ever listen to this eh? which he won't because he won't know about this and if any of uh, you who know him tell him about this i eh? uh, use the apps
0: <laughs> he'll be all right he'll be all right <laughs> he'll be all right um so he'll so in terms right. of our relationship has there ever been a time where you felt abandoned by him or where you just felt a sense of abandonment in general based off of your relationship with him
1: i i would like to think so um i one moment i never forgot in my childhood it was when he had finally like bring around my stepmother and i guess i was hanging around them you know i went on maybe one or two cruises with them And I never forget they had a moment where her son did something and we are getting an argument and she was reprimanding me about something. And I felt like at that moment I wasn't in the wrong and I was looking to him to have my back. And like, he did not, like, he didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. And I still remember it to this day, 2020, that cruise must have been in like, Two thousand and three, like I remember sitting in the van just dejected, like, why you ain't sticking up for me kind of thing, you know? And again it's his whole laid back thing that always oh, is an issue, like it just feels like he's so laid back he don't have no passionate reaction to anything about me in a sense, you know? And that really had bothered me because i remember just being upset for the rest of the day i didn't talk to him i didn't talk to nobody nothing you know and he again he i would see him often you know this isn't even a guy that i can't pick him out of a crowd or nothing like that right but because he would always drop me off to my cousins i remember reaching a point like i didn't even really look forward to seeing him outside of him being the gateway to my cousins like that's why I was excited to hang around him like my mother didn't even understand that until like I was an adult like she thought I used to look forward to seeing him all the time and I'm like no no that I wasn't excited to to see my father like yeah I get to see my father sure but like I'm happy because I get to see my cousins like I get to hang around you know people my age i get to sleep over there i get to play video games you know my whole childhood experience was based off of their existence you know i i mean i could care less who were driving me there right if my mother used to drive me there i wouldn't be like damn i wish my father would drive me to my cousins like nah like at least now you know where i go and take me there kind of thing you know and i don't even think he understands it reached to that point point. Cause he just thought he would be a good father by dropping me to my cousins. Like, nah, you made them substitute for you. Like I look forward to them over looking forward to you now because of you just dropping me after them, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I think for me, um, and like you said, I, I, we, we have such similar experiences in that it's not that our fathers were inactive completely or had abandoned us in the sense of I don't know how this man look I don't know his name I can't pick him out in a crowd and I do have a lot of friends who have relationships like that in terms of that sense of abandonment like my best friend didn't even know who her father was until we were sophomores or juniors in high school and I specifically remember the day she saw a picture of her father for the first time and you know, I, I recognize and respect relationships like that, that people have with their fathers, because I know that that's like, you know, difficult in a number of ways and probably like even more difficult than what we've experienced. But for me, the abandonment came in with like, at one point you were, you were like the, the, light on my life type person, like you were the person I spent all my time with, you were involved at one point, you lived in the house. And then all of a sudden, this divorce happens between you and my mother, like you and I didn't get divorced, you and my mom got divorced. And it's kind of like, I have this theory that when men no longer feel a sense of responsibility to a woman, then everything that she came with, even if you helped her make it, Kind of goes right. away, and then when I so
1: I have a, I have a yeah. quick question: How old were you when they divorced? Eight. Yeah, eight. Okay.
0: And he met my or I I say that he met my stepmother soon after, but that's me being nice because it was really soon after. You know, it was like, huh?
1: No, yeah. I get it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so I am moving
0: in same right man. now. Really? Like it was it was really yeah. quick, but um. Yeah, Very so gosh. she she became a part of our our lives really soon. She became a part of the dynamic. And as much as I still wanted to spend time with my father and stay over with him and do all of these things with him that we used to do before, she was now a part of that dynamic. So it wasn't me and him. It was me, him and her and her grandkids and all of her family and It just seemed like in order for him to get over my mother, which he was devastated by the divorce, but I mean, he caused it. But anyway, (laughs) it's like in order for him to get over that relationship, he just jumped into another one and took all of his sense of responsibility with him to that relationship. Right. And then basically left like, y'all have a good mother, fend for yourselves. (sighs)
1: <sighs> that's crazy how similar like even for your age when your divorce when their divorce happened like i'm pretty sure i was eight when my father and mother had divorced but my mother had say she ain't divorced, and him he gonna have to divorce her because she ain't paying for it because <laughs> So he definitely ended up paying for it because she was like you <laughs> you mess around on me not the other way around so if you want this et and not what well, or to not be anymore, you paying for that, and so said so done. Cause I mean, he had done tell me he didn't want me name after him, but guess what my name is. So you know who run it. You know who are running shit.
0: Have you ever had like issues you know. with your name or with the parts of yourself that people kind of attribute to him?
1: Yes. Um. I just want to say, first and foremost, he didn't mention the whole he didn't want me to have his name thing until I was an adult. So thankfully, he didn't say that when I was a kid for that to, like, ride me for my whole childhood. Um, So shout out to him for waiting to say that. Uh, his reasoning behind that, by the way, is he feels that all juniors always act out because they're trying to create an identity for themselves. Um, I never really used to act out. What I did have is I had a lot of anger. I didn't realize it. I mean, I realized it as a kid, you know, pitching my Game Boy Color when stuff in video games don't go my way. I mean, I even broke one of the games of my cousin at own. I used to have anger problems. I didn't really analyze it until I got older. though. Like that how I used to be angry. Like, and it's weird because everybody know my disposition right now. I like to be jokey if I could help it. Like I'll always be saying something stupid to make somebody laugh. Like, I don't like people in bad moods. So it's funny that the other side of me in the past just used to be anger, you know? And I didn't realize that the anger actually came from just not being happy with the divorce in general. And I never realized it bothered me, you know? And I remember my mother had said to me, you know, I'm glad that you know, me and your father divorced, never, you know, do anything to bother you. And I always remember when she said that, it's like a thing in my brain was like, but doesn't it bother you though? It's like, I, you know, I agreed with her and then I was like, but doesn't it bother you? Like, you sure it don't bother you? And I, I always just think back to how angry I used to be. So being Ludens A. Romney Jr., just was a situation where he was like the math coordinator for the Saint Thomas Saint John district. So basically, because I was his son, everybody expected me to be like a beast at math. I mean, I was good at math, but I wasn't like Ludens A. Romney senior good. He also don't like to be called senior, so I just did that for spite. Um, cause he's the first, the original. So the original never have to be called senior. He has so many weird quotes. It's, he's a funny guy. Um, so I hated that. Uh, my mother used to compare me to him a lot. Uh, she doesn't, she doesn't remember that. I do because we always remember the things we didn't like to hear. And, uh. Obviously the comparisons were never the good kind of comparisons. I didn't know much about my father. Like even though I was around him, me and him weren't having conversations like how me and moms to have conversations. So I could say I know my mother because me and my mother talk. Like I can I know her mannerisms, I know her personality, I know her disposition and life. I ain't really had known him like that. Like I just knew he was a mat whiz. I know he was smart, I know he was cocky. You know, he's a very arrogant guy. Uh, He preaches humility, but he has arrogance. Um, So the things that she would compare me to him for was like selfishness and quote unquote laziness and stuff like that. So it's like hearing you just like your father used to bother me because it's like, I know the pain that he caused you. I know the pain that he caused me. I don't want to be that. Like, I don't want to be like him. Like, I'm named after him already. I look like a spitting image of him, like I'm a clone. My sister that don't tell me I speak like him, and I hear it now. Like, it makes me laugh because we really do speak alike. I never wanted to be like that. So I literally shaped... I feel like my whole personality and the trajectory that I took as a person was shaped around... The image of what he was or the bad that he was and not wanting to be that and sometimes i even struggle as an adult wondering if i am who i am because that's who i want to be or is it because i still don't want to be that image that i think he is or was to us so it's still a daily battle um and, I mean, there's been moments where I wish I wasn't named after him. I, you could ask any of my close friends. Like, I, I've mentioned to them how if I could change my name, I would, you know. Um, I'm so used to it now. Like, what, what the hell I could change it to? John? Bob? Like, <laughs> Bill? like. <laughs> But what what the hell am I gonna change? I've all everybody done used to calling me Ludens. They done crack jokes on my middle name on Twitter back in like two thousand twelve. Like it done too if late. If you like, change your
0: name to John Romney, I will never talk to you again.
1: That's like John. Like John, could you imagine John
0: that? A John, <laughs> John Romney. Like it's, <laughs>
1: I can't. I like I can't even think of a name to change it to because it's like it done too late. Yeah. It's too late. Everybody could be like, your name Ludens dog. You know what I mean? And it just be annoying. So, you know, it's, it's a battle. Being a junior is weird. I don't see me naming my child after me. People the joke say, you got to make the thought. I'd be like, nope, they ain't getting this. And this, this name dies with me. That's it. Yeah, this... This name ends with me. Hearing
0: your perspective on this is really, really enlightening. Mostly because... Well, I, I have my own battle with being like my father. But also, my brother is the oldest child and he's the junior. So he, you know, him and I never really talked about how he felt post-divorce and how he felt about my father. I know for a fact that, you know, my brother and my father, when, when the divorce initially happened, they got into it. It almost got physical. It was really bad for a while. They didn't talk for a long time. And even to this day, like now that my brother has kids and all that stuff, like they're a lot closer but my brother went through a long period of his life where he was really, really angry with my father. And even to the point where like we would ta if he would talk about our father, he would say I ah, your father. Like not daddy or whoever. He would say y'all father. Like, go talk to your father. Stuff like that. Um and I knew that he was angry with him, but in my mind I could never understand like why he was that angry angry and i think hearing you talk about just the entire process of being a junior of your name literally reflecting this name of a person that you're like disappointed with or that you don't necessarily you know like or agree with or you don't want to be like and having to like go through that internal battle and i think my brother didn't necessarily do the work mentally to kind of break out of that until he was much older so Yeah, so it's interesting. And I mean,
1: even remember, you were one of the people that that helped me with that, too. You know, you, you know, because I had I had that battle with my mother and my father, of course, more with my father, because I'm, you know, named after him and stuff like that. And you you had to express to me, like, no matter what, you are not them. You know what I mean? And that's the thing you have to remind yourself regardless you know for anybody whether you think you just like your mother you think you just like your father like you're never going to be them your experience is completely different from theirs you grew up in a different time you know i mean even if you have a trait that is similar to theirs like you are not them you haven't become them you know you still have the ability to change the things that you want to change about yourself that reminds you of them and you just have to be cognizant Of those traits you know you just have to not let them get out of hand and even if they do come about the same way you still have to remind yourself you're still not them because all that's going to do is just make you become hard on yourself and disappointed in yourself and you know you become dejected and defeated and you probably double down on the traits because you feel like you can't change them and you know thankfully I had a friend that kind of beat that into my head because i know i come with it plenty of times i've heard you say it to me plenty of times because i've made the same complaints so many times and you have to say the same thing to me because you need that reminder you know that you're you're
0: not i'm such it. an asshole with it too like you'll be like well i feel like you know i'm like this or like that i'll be like but you're not though but you're not
1: right and you just you just nip it in the butt and be like like damn it i can't rant no more but it's like you know what she right.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> right like wait can i can i say fuck
0: yeah you can say, you can say fuck <laughs> Yeah, this is the, the sixth episode in a room where my guest has said can i cuss and i'm just like
1: no nah, because i like it was funny because i was like i sure i got cuss on this episode i'm not gonna ask if i got cuss but i don't remember if they said
0: fuck <laughs> oh we say fuck often um okay good no but yeah it, it's it's a similar battle for me, and it's why I'm like so hard on you with with that because it's something that I struggle with on on my own as well too um because for me, my father is i'm 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 gonna give you guys a fun fact. my birthday is April eighth, my father's birthday is April ninth, so in terms of being the same person. We are literally the same person, same face, same zodiac sign, same habits, same temper. I am his carbon copy. You would think that it would have been my brother, but it's not my brother. It's me. That's
1: crazy. You were almost his body present. Yeah. I mean, you technically still were. He refers
0: to me as his body present. Um, so yeah, like I, I used to be very proud of that in the beginning and feel like, um, like, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm my father's but the present I'm just like him. Like, but then there comes a point where, okay, my parents are getting divorced. My mother is really angry with this person. This person turns out to be a horrible raging drunk who talks the most shit, who, you know, put my mother through infidelity and all these other things. My dad also struggled with addiction at some point in his life. Like I, I didn't know all these horrible things about my father until my parents got divorced. And I sort of learned who he was through my mother's perspective. And then that started to fuck with me mentally because it's kind of like you're hearing who you are or who you have potential to be from the perspective of someone that they've hurt.
1: Right. And then it's like, you are also someone that they've hurt too because the divorce hurt you too. So it's like, I can do this to someone I love. I could do this to myself. You know what I mean? And it made
0: me fearful of relationships. It made me fearful of parenthood. It made me fearful of shit like drinking, smoking, like, I literally used to just avoid things at all costs because I had the perfect example of how it could possibly go. And I kind of resented myself for like my temper or the fact that I used to talk a lot or I was loud or just all these things that, you know, my mom would kind of harp on my dad for, or be like, your father would always do this and this and this and that. And in my head I'd be like, yeah, but it, it kind of makes sense. Like, like, <laughs> like he would make a decision and she would complain about it, but I would think that his decision made sense. And because right. of how upset it made her, I would be like, fuck. So am I going, am I also pissing you off with everything I do? <laughs> like,
1: right. Cause it's like, damn, I mean, I, I, I see. The yeah. Logic.
0: Yeah. You know? So, and, but what I've done, I think in, in retrospect and what I've noticed about myself is, I haven't tried to run from becoming my father, but I've tried to kind of pinpoint the behaviors that I have that I know I've kind of gotten from him. Um, especially in my relationship, in my relationship, I am the dominant personality. I am the hothead. I am the temper. I, I don't want to say I am like the more masculine person. Cause I don't believe that I ha- it has anything to do with my dad's masculinity, just his personality. Um. But Steven is definitely the more docile, like, calm, level-headed, emotional one in the relationship, whereas I am all fire, all rage, let's fight all the time. And I've kind of had to learn how to communicate better, how to kind of dial back my temper. Listen, let me tell you about my father. My dad is the kind of man who, it's, it's, let's, let's use road rage as an example. There are different levels of road rage. There is, I'm going to wave my hand at you and yell from inside of my car, like, what the fuck are you doing? There's, I'm going to beat my horn at you and cuss you from inside of my car, but you know I him because I flipping out. And there's, I am going to put my car in park, take off my seatbelt and fight you. My father. Now let
1: me guess, he's the ladder. He is the latter. Oh, he's our
0: stepfather. Oh, okay. He is possibly a stepfather too my father will put his car in park and whoop your ass hip replacement and all he don't care and i've noticed that about myself i am very zero to 100 real quick like and i've had to kind of really dial that back and it surprises people when i say that because they're like well i've never seen you do it or i've never seen that part of you and it's because I try so hard to kind of dial it back and control it. I avoid confrontation, yes, because of anxiety, but also because I know that if I allowed myself to get to that point, I would go overboard. So stuff like that, like sort of having the roadmap within my father and knowing that I don't want, not that I don't want to be like him. I don't want people to feel about me the way I've heard them feel about him. Right, and.
1: You know, it's I guess gaging my father was always weird too because as far as I know, for him and my mother, the only thing that was his problem is that I mean, he was a light skinned, taller man, six foot, hazel eyes, like to flirt with every woman walking, kinda of thing. Um, he basically was a womanizer ish, maybe. I don't know if he still is. I hope not. I mean, I did have a talk with him when he got my little sister because he went and became Abraham from the Bible and decided to have, you know, a child when I was 20. So that was weird, getting a phone call. Oh, you're getting a little sister. I'm getting a what? You could still shoot? I thought you were shooting blanks, but okay. Um, So I remember I had a talk with him saying, you know, I don't want her to go through what me and my brother went through it seems good by now because usually he seemed to have this trend where once his child turned five he start wilding out but it's safe to say she's like what turning 10 this year or something like that nine he ain't wild out yet so that's good um but other than that like He's always just been a level-headed person. He don't drink like that. He don't. He don't smoke. He don't. He don't be doing nothing out here to be wild. And it's just he liked too much woman. That was him. He had just liked too much woman. You know, and also his secretiveness is kind of a problem. Like I noticed, I was picking it up for sure. And, you know, when you gotta be that secretive, that's when you know you're doing something you ain't supposed to be doing. And I noticed I was picking that up from him in, like, my first, first relationship, for sure. So I nipped that in the bud going forward because after my first relationship, I had really feel like I was turning into him. And I I had feel horrible. Oh, Lord. One of the lowest moments in my life. Because not only did I hurt the person that I was with at the time, but then I was like, damn, I really am becoming that man. And that shit just pff, one of the lowest moments in my life. My God, that was, thank God for deliverance. Because, Lord, I was beating up by myself. And I was before therapy and all of that stuff. And not, you know, attributing that to being like him and all of that stuff. I was really in the mud with that one. So I just glad I got through that.
0: So I I do want to talk about, and I know people can be like, great. Hey, I'm back on mothers. But I think it's important to talk about moms in this episode as well, because another important layer of our relationships with our fathers or the things we learned from our fathers comes from the mouths of our mothers, Mothers, especially for those of us who really didn't have the opportunity to spend that much time with our fathers throughout our a young adult right,
1: life. yeah. for both yeah. of us, because for both of us, the divorce happened when Yeah, we were it, eight, it so.
0: happened when we were younger. So we had this specific impression of our father and you don't really start to reflect and, and sort of take things for what they are until you get older. And then you kind of, are there in the mud with your moms when the divorce is happening. So you're hearing all of their quarrels that they had during the marriage that you weren't even aware of. And I touched on this both in episode one and in the episode on divorce, just sort of really finding out who my father was after my parents got divorced. So do you think that your mother had like a lot of resentment or like, how did you deal with that in terms of just like hearing her side of their relationship.
1: See, I, you know, at the time I was as a kid, I didn't attribute it as that. But as i older, it's like, yeah, she did have resentment, you know, and she probably wouldn't agree. But how couldn't she, right? Like they had all these plans together. Like you, you, your life is with this person. You have these plans with this person, Allison, and then they're the one who messes up and destroy everything over somebody else. And of course. <clears throat> this is what I'm hearing from her. I've never heard his side of the story. I've even come to him as an adult, because he always just say, oh, you know, you're a grown man now. You could hear this, you could hear that. This. So I come to him as a man, i like, okay, what happened between you and moms? Did you really meet this woman when I were together? Blah, blah, blah. And this man did not tell me a word. I'm like, you can literally tell me your side of the story now. I'm an adult. I can head your side without you know knowing my mother's side because the scorn will always feel the pain right they're they're not gonna look at it objectively at least my mother isn't going to just be completely objective maybe there's some subjectivity in there that he didn't really do or she interpreted as a certain way and i'd never know but he never gave me a chance so all i know is her side. and from you know that's my mother man like so it's like you hurt my mother like you hurt me and then you hurt me too. So it's like I kind of learned that resentment in tandem because it's not like he ever gave me a chance to hear his side. So you know my that's why I say my image of my father was more negative than it was positive but she would also try to balance it too and be like oh you know you should call him that's your father you know that will always be your father kind of thing but it's like i can't tell you a positive thing that my my mother had said about my father in life like at all like i'm trying to think right now as i'm speaking and i can't think of anything positive she said and i'm not saying that she's bashed him you know i'm not saying that she every day she speaks bad about him but you know if she's speaking on her pain that he caused of course he's not gonna sound you know like in a good light so i mean i can't blame her because he really do a number like outer like my mother is a dragon right that's why they tell people she's a dragon like if i ever see wings flapping in the sky and a big silhouette that is not drogan that is surely bliding. You know what I mean? Like, she's a dragon. That was the one man that had that lady soft and vulnerable. Okay? The one man that did that was my father. And he fucked that up. For everybody.
0: (laughs) For everybody. (laughs) Everybody.
1: For everybody. Okay? The one man that I could understand, because even my sister could see that day. Even my sister can say that. that. Remember, my father is not my sister's father. My sister could say that. That was the one man that she was the most vulnerable with. She said she never see him doing that. I was like, how? The man from Tola? I never said that to her. And this is why I have
0: never explored Tola, man. I've heard enough. (laughs) Look.
1: Look, right. Hey my father is a piece of work okay my (laughs) father really lulled a woman into a false sense of security with the hazel eyes and everything yeah just to break her heart man savage
0: i can't believe it i still need more and this is something i i look forward to talking to my mother about just i need more insight on their relationship in the early days um because my mom and my dad were in a relationship very young they were together in high school possibly even before then and my mom was married when she was 20 had a child by 22 and you know I think looking back or from what I've heard from her she got married because she had this like desperation to get out of her grandmother's house and to kind of you know be independent but I know that there's duality in that and I know that there's there's a very real possibility that as much as she wanted to get out of my grandmother's house, my mother probably also married my father because she really genuinely loved him and wanted to be with him mm-hmm. and wanted that to be her husband. I don't think that my mother regrets her marriage. Um, I, I don't know if she does. I know for sure she doesn't regret the fact that he's the father of her kids, you know? Um, but I think that my mother has or had resentment towards you know his lack of responsibility, the things that he put her through in the marriage, like she she went through a lot. My dad has a very controlling nature about him, and again, this is something that I know. I know more about my father because of how aware I am of myself than anything else. Um, so I know for a fact that my my father had a controlling nature about him. My father was very um sort of what I say goes, how I want my household is how it will be. Um, at one point, you know, he grew up in a Pentecostal church. So at one point, you know, he was going to church and church members. Basically, my father would kind of allow people to disrespect my mother in a sense, to talk about her, to bring news to him about her. And, you know, he, there wasn't a lot of defending my mother in his eye. You know, it, it wasn't like that. Um, so I think for the most part, he, he had work to do, you know, he had work to do. My dad did not make marriage easy for my mother. And, you know, that's just, I, I don't blame her for the resentment that she had for him because I would have resented him too. I just think that her resentment of him kind of made me have like a self-hatred for myself because I knew how much I was like him and it kind of made me and on top of that too not only being like him I genuinely felt like I had a great relationship with my father early on and I felt guilty because my siblings didn't have it and they would be like, oh, you know, you got to spend all this time with daddy and you did this with daddy. And like, he never did that with us. And I honestly, I don't know why my father didn't really treat the rest of my siblings the way he treated me or didn't bond with them the way he bonded with me.
1: It hey, got because you were close to him all my like, boy, like, I, this is the closest I can get to our
0: clone. I, yeah, I, I think it was the birthday thing. It was the personality thing. It was the fact that, you know, I kind of just acted like him the most. And we some e- egotistical motherfuckers. We like to see ourselves reflected in the world. But... Mm-hmm. I felt bad because it was like, you know, I'm so much like this person and I spent so much time with this person, but my siblings don't feel great about him. My mother don't feel great about him. And it makes me feel like the asshole in the family. <laughs> like I, yeah, I had to kind of deal with everybody else's resentment along with the periods of times where I developed my own resentment toward him too.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, thankfully, I didn't have any siblings to kind of navigate. I mean, my sister... My sister did a good job of not really hating my father to the point where she would talk bad about him towards me either. I, But, I mean, she was... Um, I don't know. She was... Yeah, she was like 18 at a time. So, that was different for her, right? Like, she didn't... She wasn't young and then he'd do it then and then she had to hold that for so long. You know, she would basically a young adult, by the point where, you know, they didn't walk out anymore. So I guess that, that helped her not, you know, pile that on top of me, on top of my mother, you know what I mean? The only resentment I really heard was from my mother.
0: So how did, or does your relationship with your father, um, as well as, you know, seeing what your parents went through, like, how does that affect the way you approach relationships? with
1: women um well i try to be more respectful i guess because i know i knew of the pain that a man could cause a woman from early like very early because i was a kid so i was like okay like i know my father doing x y and z can make a woman feel like a, B, and C, because I'm seeing my mother feeding like this. Here. So, you know, it, I guess I shaped myself in a way where I wouldn't carry myself in a manner that I can cause that same pain to a woman. But again, like I stated before, I still ended up doing the same shit, not the same shit, but similar. And it was like, I think I was so focused on not doing it that I didn't really focus on what I was doing and I just had that like I had the macro view of it but there's like the micro view and the little things that you can do that can still cause pain that will then add up to the macro view and you still end up doing the same thing you wanted to avoid in the first place so through that experience in my first relationship I really you know took an internal look at myself and say if I really don't want to cause this type of pain again like I have to be better, you know, and uh, I guess my outlook is I don't want to put myself in a situation where I have to be selfish enough to cause pain to another individual. Like if I, if I feel like I can't be selfless, then I'm just not going to even put myself in the the relationship because it won't make sense because I know I won't give it enough effort, you know, and I think that's what it boiled down to. Because it it always boiled down to my father being a selfish individual, right? So once I realized that I would be selfish too in a situation, then I just remove myself from it because it ain't gonna walk out. I need to learn to be selfless first. If I cannot be selfless, it's not going to work because I'm just going to cause pain to this individual similar to how I've seen pain cause to others.
0: Yeah. I think for me, I'll I'll be honest. I've gone through different phases of, you know, relationships and noticing certain behaviors that I got from my father, but also just like how I viewed relationships because of my father. Um mm-hmm. I definitely I don't want to call it a whole phase. It's a whole phase, whatever um i i you know i experienced my little whole face you lie you lie you lie you had one have i you didn't know it was a whole face but it was a whole face you you just had your your whole face all the money
1: it was like a small like half of the year or something
0: look just because you took a six month stint in Holland, don't mean you wasn't there
1: I mean I was just trying to see if it's No, you you dip, it's cracked you, up to
0: be. You acting like you dip your toe in and left. You walk in the door it was like, Hey everybody. <laughs> I'm the <Luden. laughs>
1: <laughs> Why you make me sound like guy titty or something like well, hey everybody. <laughs> hey everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell?
0: <laughs> no, but okay. I I I experienced a whole phase and not, you know, not I'm not talking promiscuity. I'm not talking, um, what's the word I looking for? It wasn't promiscuity. It wasn't daddy issues. It wasn't me looking for attention. It was more, I don't want to commit to you because I see commitment as a waste of time because my father had an inability to commit. So I'm not wasting my time trying to get you to commit to me because I've seen a man who can't commit and I believe that no man can commit.
1: See, I guess that's, I guess that's the benefit of me being a male child, and my father was the non-faithful one. Cause it's like, I'm not gonna think of myself as being unable to do that, right? Because, and I guess because I wasn't raised by him, I w- I'm not able to see that because I was raised by my mother. So like honestly i was raised by women like not even just my mother my aunt who were like my second mother my grandmother like so like i always was a little bit more connected to them than i was to i guess the male outlook on life so it's weird i didn't look at relationships as like if i get into one i gotta always fuck it up because i'm a man and that's what men do fuck shit up you know, I never looked at it like that. I always had a more naive, uh, hopeful look. It hasn't always been beneficial. You know, there has been some pain inflicted. I can't say that there haven't. There hasn't been any. Um, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm. I mean, right now, shit. I don't know what I think about relationships. I'm in this weird place where I don't know if that's something that I would need for my future anymore. Because remember how I tell you or I mentioned earlier on this uh podcast how my whole life was shaped based off of my whole personality was shaped based off of not trying to be like this image of this bad person. Yeah. I don't even know if me wanting marriage is still based off of that or because I really want it or it's just.
0: So before when you wanted marriage, it was more of, I need to do this to see that I can do it so that I'm even less like him. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And, you know, I reached to a point where again, you helped me realize like, Oh, well, no matter what, you're not going to be like him, you know, marriage or not. Right. And it's just like, Oh, well, that is true so do i still want this like is it me that wants this
0: then i I think even outside of marriage you had sort of a fear of failure in terms of relationships and i think you you kind of used to try really really hard to make sure that things worked um in your relationships so that you (sighs) could avoid yeah so that you could avoid the idea of a relationship failing Because you didn't want to be like
1: that. And especially, like, failing because of me. Yeah. Right? Not even just a relationship failing. Like, if somebody else is the fault, then it's like, what the fuck you could do? But feeling like it's because of me, that shit is kind of, like, painful. Even if it's not for the same reasons that my father's relationship failed, right? Like, it's because of me being... The Spawn of Ludense Romney Sr. <laughs> you know, and it's you just like... Write a book
0: and call it The Spawn. The
1: spawn, right? Tola
0: Spawn. Oh Tola Man Tola Spawn. Tola spawn. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's an honorary Tola Man. That man would claim me, you know. That man would claim me. That's the funny part.
0: They would. <laughs> they man, really would.
1: They'd be like, oh, he's a Romney? Yeah, man. Especially friggin' frigging Wesson is all of them, man. <laughs> I go over there and I go see family one time. I get off the damn boat. Can't even run. You know, and I, I guess I just in this phase now is like, you know, I, you have to be confident that you've done enough, you know, especially when your intentions are good in a sense, objectively, of course, uh, your intentions can be good and you still do horrible stuff. But I mean, you know, between us with my last relationship and stuff, you know, uh, you know, that was painful in a sense, but not for the general things that relationships ending could be painful, you know, that was me learning my anxiety and what it can be and um, so you know, anxiety is the next thing that I actually didn't realize came about because I, I would argue that my anxiety that I experience is because of this experience with my father and my mother and things like that, that I didn't you know, pay attention to because how would I know, you know, and it's through many different therapy sessions and stuff like that until one finally had stick that I was able to overcome uh, the anxiety that I did experience at some point in time in my life that was pretty inhibiting. Um, And I learned a lot from it and I would recommend therapy for many men. Even if you feel like you don't need it, trust me, It is very useful, very useful to navigate as a man in this uh, time of our lives. Uh, So get on that if you haven't already, you know, but take your time. You don't have to rush. Uh, Did you guys
0: know that every time a black man recommends therapy, a new baby rabbit is born somewhere in the world and it becomes a better place? I just wanted to um, know.
1: It becomes a better place for people that like rabbits. <laughs> oh,
0: yes. Okay, if you don't if you don't like rabbits, then pick something else.
1: Yeah, pick whatever other animal you like. But I just,
0: um, I, that's really important. That's very very important in terms of just number, like, bringing free, that up. like
1: therapy is a beautiful thing when it walks out because you know just like relationships, you have to find a compatible therapist too. You know, not every therapist is going to. To hit on the first try, you just gotta keep trying. Cause I've been trying from maybe twenty eleven, you know, with therapy, and I never gave up. And in twenty seventeen, I think, yeah, twenty seventeen is when it had stick. And yeah, I my life literally shifted. I I can remember the shift. I can remember when I started believing it can shift, and it really shifted. And uh, I would definitely recommend it for anybody but you know those those past experiences with your parents can really affect you to that point and you don't even know until your child you know your adulthood and you realize your childhood scars really followed you the whole way and it affects in everything you do whether it's your career whether it's friendships whether it's relationships it can seep into anything if you're not aware of it you know So I, and I think that's what happened with me. And now I'm in this phase now where I'm not, you know, I'm not in a relationship or anything. So I have all this free time to kind of like analyze what I want my life to be moving forward. Do I want marriage? Do I, you know, want kids still? Do, Do I feel like I need kids to validate me not being exactly like my mother or my father, right? Like, do I need kids to show myself, that oh i could raise them differently than how i was raised i can be more nurturing than how i was raised you know i can be more attentive to their emotions and stuff like that all those things that i have the ability to think of now you know and not be as hard on myself because that was the biggest trend in anything i just so hard on myself all of my failures you know all of my shortcomings like, I would always be like, it's my fault. It's because I'm not this. It's because I lack this quality. It's because I lack that quality. You know, it's because I don't do enough. It's because I do too much. It's it's all this overthinking in your head that you just have to get out of, you know?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, um, to an extent, I noticed in terms of just how my relationship with my father affected my my love life, aside from the the whole phase. Everybody's like, damn, Jay, that's it. Um, I know they're like okay bitch damn you had a whole face Um, but I think the other side of of where it affected my relationships was me not wanting to feel like I was benefiting in a relationship substantially more than my partner so in cases where like for example Steven financially it's incredibly not incredibly but it is disproportionate um, in our relationship he makes a substantial amount of money in comparison to me Um, and sometimes you know looking at the bills or what he pays for versus what I pay for or even if there's a day where like I come home and I'm too tired to do the dishes and he ends up doing the dishes I feel this overwhelming sense of guilt because I remember how the disproportionate nature of my mother's marriage affected her And I don't want to be like my father. I don't want to be the Jesus Quinones in my relationship where my partner is like doing so much more labor and taking care of things so much more than I am. And I'm just like benefiting from it all. So sometimes like I have to, sometimes I try to do more, but sometimes I also try to remember like, just because this one little thing happened does not mean you've magically turned into this man. And even if you do, Um, and, and this is where I think we can go into healing and forgiveness just because my father has some of the negative qualities that he's, he has, or just because he did some of the things he did does not mean that my father is an inherently terrible person. I think there are a lot of good things that I still got from my father and my, my personality, like I said, is largely from him. But it's also a personality that I developed on my own because if I was exactly like him, then I would be him. So All right. I think, you know, that is kind of what helped me to heal, just kind of looking at the things that he gave me that were positive. But also, um, and I mentioned this, I think, in the divorce episode, a cussing out had to happen. Um, I did speak with my father at length about the things that I felt he did or didn't do that affected me. Um, right. and we've openly talked about it. I think the difference between how me and my father sort of came to a place of healing versus where I was at with my mom was that my dad. And I trying to find a way to say this, that doesn't sound like I'm insulting my mother. Cause I'm not trying to, my mom is a virgo. Right. Um, and she's, her personality is very different from my father's. So Conversations with her have to be approached differently than conversations with him. My father is, again, very much like me. We don't like confrontation, but we can dish it and we can also take it. So I knew that I could be upfront and sort of super honest with my father and, you know, be really um, no filter with him with the things that I was feeling and whether or not he took responsibility because Aries do not like to take responsibility. We don't take blame for shit. I will light a building on fire and tell you that I'm sorry that you feel I lit the building on fire. Even if you saw me, I'm sorry. You feel that way. That's how we are. So even if I knew going in that he may not take responsibility, I knew that he would go after the conversation and sit down and reflect about it and that it would really bother him because we're very reflective. Even if we don't take responsibility right away, at some point we're gonna think about it and be like, yo, hey, Isa, you were really tripping. Like, my I do that subconsciously, and I know that he does it too. So it was easier for me to kind of dish it out and tell him, you know, from beginning to end, this is everything you didn't do, and this is how I feel about you right now. I don't care how you feel, just here, take it. And he took it and we had, you know, that initial blow up. And then we've had conversations every now and then since then, just, you know, reflecting on the things that I felt were missing from our relationship, or just his fatherhood in general. And that's allowed me to sort of heal, not because he apologized, not because he has done better since then. And he's really done better since then. Like my father will text me every day. Um, in comparison to before where I would go weeks without hearing from him. Um, but I think the healing part came in with just me opening my mouth and really telling him how I was affected and choosing to move forward whether or not I received an apology from him. And I had to give my mother the same thing as well. I And I'll talk about that more in next in the next episode, but just choosing to get it out there and sort of go on my own healing path that wasn't dependent on whether or not somebody said sorry
1: yeah and that's that last part you just said is the most important part about the healing journey because you want to hear it from the person that affected you that pain especially your parents but it's like if they've never really done that before, you can't really expect it from them and you have to kind of move forward without that statement from them. And, I mean, I've had a conversation with my father, but the last serious one I had was when he got my sister. Other than that, like, and I, I don't know. I don't feel... It's weird, like, talking to my father about what he did or didn't do, like... I don't know. It's not like talking to my mother about it. Cause I'm, again, I close to my mother. So stuff like that affects me more. But with my father is like, one of the greatest things he ever did was made me close to my cousins. So it's like, well, I'm not going to tell you, you shouldn't have done that because I mean, look at me now. I'm in a group chat with them. You know, I was on a family trip with them two years ago or something like that. I don't remember how long now. Cause we in 2020. So it was um two years. It was two yeah. years.
0: I remember that because he was so happy half, when he went to. <laughs> I was
1: fucking beaming, you know, <laughs> fucking snapping. I in Florida, people like Florida, <laughs> but like for me, you know, I wasn't on a trip after Saint Thomas in like what five years at that point. Mm-hmm. So that shit was big, you know. That was a big step forward, and then I was around people that loved me, you know. What I mean, people that saw me from I was a kid growing up, you know. So, I mean, I'm not gonna go to my farm be like, man. I wish I had spent more time with you instead of my cousins lies yeah.
0: like I ain't gonna
1: do that day eh? um but I don't know like earlier this week I randomly think and then I was like hey the new year passed me and speak to him yet let me call him because I know he ain't gonna fucking call me <laughs> and then I just call him and talk to him and you know I cannot tell you were happy to hear me you know and I mean I just like I probably could just have to bite the bullet and just call him occasionally because this man really do be happy to hear from me is just he just weird about it like that's just him he just weird like he likes to hear from his kids but it's like he ain't really carly kids it's like just, like stop being weird like if you want to hear from me just call me the man like <laughs> what are you doing you know but i don't know that's that's luden's romney senior i guess i mean i generally like most of the traits that I picked up from him, I think my uh, sense of humor is is mostly from him. The the sarcasm, I mean, I like how dry my voice is when I'm making a joke. Um, that's definitely from him. Uh, he the way I'm speaking right now is Ludens Romney Senior for sure. I just love calling him senior because I know he hates that shit. Um, (laughs) I know he hates that shit. He hates it so much. Um, You know, what else? Uh, I'm pretty laid back for the most part. The dramatic side of me that you guys know and love slash hate slash love. We could say love for the sake of the podcast. If you hate it, you know leave that outside of the podcast but um that's surely for sure definitely surely she's dramatic as shit um so i couldn't help but get that but yeah i mean generally speaking the trades that i pick up from him really aren't that bad um you know just have to be more aware of what i'm doing you know i i think i'm not as selfish as i used to be if anybody disagrees sorry that you feel that way but um I, i've
0: never i've never gotten selfish from you at all um,
1: i tell anybody that meet me in my 20s you've met me at a good time if you met high school students none of you would like me i you mean but probably,
0: i think we I were know. all little shits from like the age of 13 to at least 24 i don't to be know. fair,
1: know people used to make me feel i was the biggest little shit okay like they used to make me i feel mean like you I were light-skinned nice so you were easier to attack. It gotta be that. I was light skin, I was skinny, my cheeks were kinda chubby, you know. I weren't handsome yet. I mean, I was been handsome but, you know, not the handsome young devil they know me as now, you know, aha ha season, you know, I weren't looking like that yet, chest open. I weren't that young devil yet, you know what I mean. I come into my own now, you know. Now if somebody have a problem with me it's fine because I look good. I'm just playing. <laughs> I am just kidding.
0: Your favorite Actually, I'm King not kidding. Rockman. I'm really
1: not. I'm really not kidding. Like what what were we say in the beginning? Everybody favorite light like skin rockman?
0: Everybody favorite light like skin rockman.
1: <laughs> oh God, that's gonna be bad if that is not true. It's gonna be
0: true though. <laughs> I mean it's true for me. It's true for me. That's true. In in terms of what you were saying, um, just not wanting things to be different because of how your life ended up being. um, I, And I wrote this, I it was an article, I can't remember if it was on my blog or a blog I contributed somewhere else. But basically I said that my parents' divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, you know, looking back, of course, the divorce was painful and, you know, the, the ups and downs of my relationship with my father were painful, but I think if my parents had stayed married, our life would have been very different. They would have been very unhappy we would have been in a very controlling household, no ear piercings, no, no cable in the living room. Like his dynamic was very, very different. Um, and much more restrictive than what my mother allowed us to grow up with. And I think we just grew up in a very like free, you know, less strict household than my two oldest siblings grew up in, and that I'm thankful for. Um, and on the other end, I think my father or his absence kind of allowed me to bond with my siblings in a different way than I would have had my focus always been on him, you know, or had my time always been spent with him. Um, and then, you know, on a side note, the times that I spent with my grandmother and my cousins as well, just because my grandmother was the one sort of helping my mom, Um, watching us like after school and stuff like that when we were too young to sort of watch ourselves. Um, Now that my grandmother has passed and I'm looking back on those memories and I just wrote about it not too long ago Ida, Looking back on those memories, a lot of those things happened while my parents were getting divorced. And I think I would have felt very differently seeing my grandmother pass had I not had all those moments where we spent with her and my cousins. So despite, you know, me being sad that my parents' marriage didn't work, that my dad put my mom through so much pain or all the resentment I felt towards him. One of the things that I've learned from my relationship with my father is that things had to happen the way they happened. And I'm more grateful for it now, especially since now we're on the other side of it. And we have a very different dynamic in our family than we did 10 years ago, you know? so All right.
1: yeah yeah I mean I don't know when I had reached a point where it's like I'm glad it happened but then it's like, like I, I can sit here honestly and say I don't want to go back and change the fact that it happened because it's like I probably would not have experienced the childhood I had experienced if they were together and you know specifically with my cousins and my grandmother and my grandfather and always being over there and stuff like that you know um. Also, just the thought, I don't know why, but the thought of my mother and my father, like, in the same place, is, like, a gross thought oh, now. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, you understand what I mean by that? Like, it just seems like, like, I don't even want to imagine them romantic. So, it's like, I don't even have that desire in my head to see that. Like, it's just, like, I kind of glad that you became separate entities. Because, I mean, how did you guys even
0: like i see my mom and my dad as co-parents but i've never even with my experiences and i think maybe it's because it's been too long and i was too young to really recall them as a married couple but right. the thing is my my recollections of them as a married couple was them arguing like it was always see, something and then now better I, than
1: me, i don't remember a damn thing
0: yeah like i i distinctly remember my aunt either she got married or she renewed her vows and my mother and my father argued at night about something. Um, and that's, that's all I remember in terms of like them married, but now I see them as co-parents. I don't see them as like, I, I don't picture them as a couple. Of course I have my mom's wedding pictures and stuff like that, but I don't see them that way and i i wouldn't have it any other way either because i think that my mom deserves a relationship with a different dynamic with someone who whose personality sort of suits her better and allows her to just be her you know and it's the same thing with my dad my dad needs somebody who is just as much fire as he is and i don't know if my stepmom is that i would hope she is and if she's not good luck but you know <clears throat> I I think that they've come to the place in their life where they realize that, yes, we had this marriage, yes, we had these four amazing kids, but that's not what we need going forward, and that's not who we are for each other anymore.
1: I mean, I don't know who would be good for Shirley because she could bite the head off like a praying mantis, so.
0: Yeah, my mother don't play that shit either. Yeah. Like, I'll come correct. If you're not Idris, don't fucking call my mother.
1: I mean, if you ain't Denzel, don't call moms, so.
0: And I even if you mom. is, come correct. Pretty her much. How dad has still their loans to pay.
1: I mean, surely surely ain't in them heck. Surely had done stay from long. She ain't letting no man come in her life that go interfere with me or anything like that. Eh? And she stayed true to it. And up to now she good. She she don't even want a man as far as I know. I mean if one come, then I mean good luck. Because <laughs> she used to being alone, so the moment you make that feel like an inconvenience, you're probably gonna die.
0: I think that's another thing, though, as much as and this is not me saying that I'm glad he caused my mom pain so that she could sort of become who she was because I don't believe that people should have to go through, especially black women. I do not believe black women have to go through trauma to be better or. I don't believe yeah, the black no women
1: Tyler should Perry be. movie.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe that black women should be subjected to raising men, you know? But at the same time, my parents divorce and, you know, my father's sort of lack of taking responsibility showed me a side of my mother that I have immense respect for and that I don't think I was able to see while they were married. And, of yeah, course, it came mean, with getting older and everything, too. But, like, my mom survived. She survived. And it really, really, like, upped my level of respect for her.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why my dumb ass to be here, like, in these independent, strong-ass, aggressive woman. You know what I mean? That's all I know. To my detriment and benefit at the same time, you know?
0: All right, so that was a great discussion on the things we learned from our fathers. I have really been looking forward to this episode because this is a conversation me and Lorenz have had often. Um, And I also have always been interested in hearing it sort of from a man's perspective. I think that the common um, idea is like, you know, women have like daddy issues and we're the ones who deal with like the abandonments and, you know all of those things from our fathers, but there are very real experiences from the male perspective that happen, um, in terms of just parents breaking up and fathers not necessarily being active and especially for, for black men. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said with everything that Ludence mentioned in terms of, you know, being the junior and trying not to become a reflection of them and being raised by a single mom. And, you know, so hearing that perspective has been very interesting. Um, I also look forward to the amount of stories that are about to be shared from people who have positive relationships with either their moms or their dads. Um, these episodes are not meant to reflect society as a whole. I know that a lot of us have very different dynamics with our parents that might not necessarily be mine or, or the ones that were mentioned in this episode, Um, so don't take it as that, just take it as you hearing perspective from a different side of the, the spectrum, um, so to speak. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Ludens, for being on here. You can find him at your favorite light skin. I just, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) where, where can they find you on social media if they want to connect? Uh,
1: you know, Kaz LF on Twitter, you know kaz underscore rock on ig i don't post like that though but if you want to see a ha season video it's on there
0: oh my god so <laughs> it's on there um and it's kaz is there. spelled k-a-z l-f yes that's on twitter mm-hmm. if you want to you know chat with ludens and you know talk about his the the commentary he's made on on this episode You guys, we have one more for season one, which is going to be a solo episode. I am going to share the topic with you guys next week, but you know where you can find me, you know what to do, you know to share this episode on social media, you know to leave a review and a rating, you know what to do, but sometimes y'all don't do it. So I need to remind you so you go follow directions. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Heyaiza Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kickin' It family. Find us on all social media platforms at GoodUpPod. Use hashtag GoodUpTuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash gooduppodcast.